and welcome to Mind Your Peas, the Purposeful Leader's Guide. We believe in all the peas, people, purpose, planet, even pizza and Prosecco. In this episode, we are talking to Fansha Kelly, the CEO of Blackwood Homes, which provides accessible housing and care services for people with disabilities. With over 1,500 houses in Scotland, Blackwood is setting the new standard for assisted living, using technology and innovation to provide next level care to their customers. Fansha, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Caroline. Delighted to be here. Listen, tell, tell us a bit about, about you, about Blackwoods, you know, 1,500 houses. Wow, that's amazing. Is this under your leadership or a long time? Uh, gosh, well, it's easier to talk about Blackwood than me, Caroline, so let's go there. Um, no, Blackwood's one of uh, about 160 housing associations in Scotland, um, which vary a lot. You've got some really big ones. You've got kind of medium-sized ones like ours, and then you have some very small ones that often are community-based. Ours is a specialist association, and as you've said, um, you know, our purpose is to help people live independently. So mainly we look after people with dis physical disability and often older people with mobility needs. Um, so, but that clear purpose of uh, we're here to make sure that people can live independently is what then drives, you know, what we do next. Um, but on top of that, the way we've set it out is that we want to help people live life to the full. So we could uh, fulfill our purpose by being fairly functional, uh, by delivering good houses, good repairs, uh, uh, good care, and all those things are important. But actually, for people living life to the full, it brings us to the next level. It brings us to remain aware of what's important to people's quality of life, um, why it's worth living, and what other kinds of aspirations and goals they might have in their life. And I find that's really important as we are trying to kind of keep our commitment um, and energy and enthusiasm uh, for what we do. And how long have you been the chief exec, Fancha? I've been chief exec for seven years now. And how many staff do you have? Um, at the moment, there's over 650 staff, um, most of them in care services, because there's a lot of like, personal care delivery requires lots of people, um, but also professional staff in um, housing uh, and in asset management um, in finance, the back room staff, as well as the housing and care um, frontline staff as well. So quite a mix, um, but but a lot, a lot of care staff who do an amazing job every day. Yeah, absolutely. And you've, so you've got this wonderful mission, but how do you, how do you keep, ensure that everyone lives that mission, that, that everyone lives the Blackwood values? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it, it, for me, it's really important that the values, you know, are clear, simple, meaningful um so ours are uh, and they've lasted over time i think you know keeping them over time is important too so for us it is it is simple things like uh we want to be open and honest um we want to make sure that we all take responsibility across the organization uh we all want to make sure that we have respect and understanding for everybody we come across um, and we all want to make sure that we keep our promises so those four values are 
as I say, simple. Um, and some of the ways that we try to make sure then that we live by them um, and everybody from our board uh, to our front line uh, know and live those values. So our board, we've got lots of examples for the board had to make difficult decisions, but did them through the lens of the values. In terms of um, our people, um, what we also do, so our processes, things like our personal development plans um, that everybody in the organization has actually asks us all uh, to articulate what we do through the values. So we give examples of what we've done um, uh, just in terms of those things. So it brings it uh, to life more as well. <clears throat> We also, I think, things like our external accreditations. Um, we are proud to have a gold investors in people standard. And that was a really useful one for um, us hearing uh, from external um, accreditation uh, that the commitment to the values was hugely significant in Blackwood. So very, very reassuring to know that, um, particularly in the line of work we do where, you know, you must be extremely careful. Um, but I think actually having the emotional connection to values, um, it's one thing to, again, have the right processes, um, but you must have the right emotional connection and that people feel okay about saying when something isn't done according to the values. So uh, there's a range of ways, but you know, it's one of the things I do feel um, that we've got really quite strong in Blackwood. Uh, and I'm extremely pleased that that is the case. I want to keep it that way too. I mean that, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a hard job to get 650 people aligned to those values. And it's been such a tough time for the care sector throughout, throughout you know, the last 18 months in, in particular. How have you been able to keep your team feeling motivated and, and supported through, through this difficult period? Yeah, I think the pandemic has taught us lots. Um, maybe come back to that a little bit. But if I can give you maybe just a couple of examples, um, both care and people not delivering frontline care. So for instance, our, our housing officers have all been working from home. And, um, you know, in the housing profession, people often have what they call a patch that a housing officer might have, say, 200 customers to you know, look after. Um, and in the early days, housing officers set about phoning every single customer across the country. And Blackwood's dispersed right across Scotland. So um, we want to make sure that people, you know, whether it's from Dingwall down to Stranraer, across Aberdeen, Ayr, Glasgow, Dundee, all of the areas where um, our customers live, um, that we wanted to make contact with them. And the housing officers did an amazing job of getting everybody. And out of that understanding, if you like, the extent of vulnerability in the context of the pandemic, those who were shielding, those who were maybe struggling to get, um, you know, um, food deliveries and so on. So it was definitely going above uh, our kind of functional one, really looking at people's whole life, um, but gave us a really good kind of set of data um, of where people were vulnerable. And that's at the same, so those are people working from home. Um, and then at the same time, 
um, our care staff, uh, leaving their own homes, families every day and actually turning up at work um, and dealing with all of the issues, including particularly in the early stages, all that kind of additional levels of PPE uh, where the guidance was changing regularly. Um, so really very different, um, but the focus on the customer was exactly the same. It was, are the vulnerable, what's our job in looking after them? And, you know, Caroline, what I was again so pleased about is people didn't need me to tell them that. They told me. Yeah. Uh, so that was, again, very powerful. So the other big P in this is power and powerful. And I think what we realized very early on, again, was that if we knew what our frontline, whether working from home or working in the community, what they needed, and we could work on delivering that for them uh, and then leave them to do the job that, you know, we had full confidence that they would do the job and they would do it well. And the year's evidence has shown that to be the case. Um, so, yeah, very powerful. We've just done a little film um, going back over the year of kind of lots of significant moments in either our care homes or um, some of our housing um, uh, aspects. And we had, we'd set up a hashtag, I'm in awe, uh, which was really to let the staff know uh, that we saw what they were doing and that it mattered. And we had some other external people, um, people like the housing minister, Penny Taylor, the journalist, uh, the wonderful Michelle McManus, um, and uh, Donald McCaskill, um, Chief Exec of Scottish Care. So a wide variety of people kind of joining in and giving their version of hashtag I'm an O. And using that has built again that evidence base um, uh, that we are now able to kind of go, do you know something that was done well? And people see themselves in it and recognize themselves. And Actually, in many ways, I think what the pandemic has done is reminded all of us that what happens at the front line and whatever business you're in is actually what matters. Um, so really, really kind of powerful stuff in it. And uh, well, we also, like everybody, are delighted that today is the day when more of Scotland opens up. We've already had wonderful reunions uh, of people with their families uh, and so on. Um, and we hope we'll be able to keep it that way now. But we also know that we're really capable of dealing with, you know, whatever comes to us in terms of looking after customers. So, so yeah, yeah, a story all on its own. Yeah, and I, I find that so... Um so impactful really the I'm a no hashtag um I, I, re I really love that and, and if it's okay we'll share the film as part of of this when it goes out to bring that to life for people um so you know it's 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 it has been a a, a really tough time but but what you're describing is that your people are so aligned to the value and the mission of what they do and they know that the customer's at the heart and at the forefront and that's that's really what's been what's really um seen seen it through i suppose and yeah. and technology and innovation is always a big focus for you at blackwood isn't it what, what what's the impact there tell us about your technology and what impact does it have in helping you serve your purpose 
Yeah, so Blackwood's been around for next year, it'll be 50 years. And they, they, it's called Blackwood after Margaret Blackwood. Dr. Margaret Blackwood was the founder. And she herself was disabled. And she was relentless in terms of actually getting people to work with her and understand how to make the lives and the, the services for people with disabilities much better than the, the were at that point. Um, and, and it was really interesting because one of her early focuses was on technology and it's very different technology than we use now, but she was always aware that design and technology really did impact how people can live and what they can do. Um, so I, when I came to Blackwood, I was really interested in that kind of legacy. Um, and, and I found that there was an awful lot that we could do that would be right for now and for the future um, and, and keep using, as I say, that legacy to really renew the purpose. Um, and I think what we've found over the last few years that where we use technology, either in terms of including people, giving everybody the means um, to be able to communicate uh, from wherever they are in Scotland <clears throat> and whatever their condition, um, that they can communicate through technology in a way that really you obviously couldn't do a number of years ago. And, and the pandemic's again been a huge opportunity in terms of changing mindsets and increasing um, you know, the opportunities there, <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> so, so one of the things that we did was develop software called uh, with a Dutch software company that we've um, branded Clever Cogs. And the cogs are the menu in people's lives. So you can choose which aspects of your life you want in, um, uh, in the cogs. Uh, and use the software to set that up. So for example, when we first set it up, um, we found that most people, actually they were motivated to use it because of their interests in things like music or gardening, not when their care rotor was going to be or how they you know, reported a repair. So being yeah. able to help people set up their own um, entertainment centers uh, in Clever Cogs as a kind of digital hub has led us into ways of literally connecting with people um, that really are different now. And there's amazing, again, stories in that, Caroline, where people who, um, you know, in many cases, they're considered hard to reach or, you know, they won't be able to use technology. And we are wrong. They can. They're not hard to reach. They're there. It's easy to do a call with them. Um, and we found families also realizing, uh, you know, that their loved one could do more than they thought. So that independent living piece comes through really strongly in the use of technology. But it also meant that we had to do things like uh, make sure everybody literally had connections, has digital connections, broadband, Wi-Fi in all our developments, as well as devices and as well as um, digital coaching, which we've put in place as well. The job's not done. It'll go on for a long time. Yeah. But that, along with things like home automation um, in uh, in the Blackwood House, uh, where people, you know, they don't need somebody to come in <clears throat> to put up their blinds or whatever those tasks are, but they can do them through technology. 
And last but not least, um, and you shouldn't have got me started on this topic, Caroline. <laughs> um, last but not least, a lot of my own people know that I am very fond of Pepper the Robot. Um, and Pepper is um, being developed for assisted living. So when you come to need uh, you know, uh, assistance to live independently, then Pepper, either the robot or AI in its different forms, will be so much more part of your life. And in Blackwood, we wanted to make sure that we stay aware, but also help maybe vanguard very practical aspects of that uh, over the next few years. So it's an incredibly interesting and creative part of how we reimagine our services, um, but again, with really practical benefits. And as I say, um, trying to make sure Blackwood has that purpose for the future as well. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really rethinking. And I suppose it's fascinating what you said there, um, you know, even family members make assumptions and, and, and we're wrong. So, you know, how, how have you got that message across, you know, as opposed to, um, I'm thinking here about government, about local authority, about family members who might say, actually, you know, my, my, my family member, my colleague won't be able to use that technology, but, but you know different. How do you get that message across? Um, uh, it's it's been persistence another p um, and for example one of the services we set up a few years ago um, with um, Edinburgh's health and social care partnership was what was called the night support service using clever cog so basically video conference and um, rather than having somebody sleep in overnight in somebody's home and that um, was really good has been very successful but incredibly slow in the early stages because um, usually either families or sometimes the professionals involved maybe social workers thought it was too risky for people and so on and 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 keeping demonstrating to me demonstrations are the only way you know that's why people believe us not because we tell them um, yeah. So, so actually practicing it, showing people, letting them try it out, testing it, those were the ways that really slowly built it up. And then people tell each other. Um, and if we put in enough safeguards, people are willing to give it a go. And fundamentally, our credibility also lies with it isn't for everybody. So knowing the difference um, there. But for families, it's incredibly important that they're involved and have the confidence in what's going on um, before they'll, they'll really feel um, okay about yeah. it. So there's lots of those kind of examples where it is about keeping going, keeping trying, keeping adjusting aspects yeah. that you might want to redesign again. Absolutely. And Fancy, you and I have known each other for a couple of years now. And, you know, one thing I admire, one of the many things I admire about you is your passion for for what you do, your passion for Blackwood. But also you've got a little cheeky sense of humour in there, Fansha, and uh, I think that's down to your your Irish roots. So oh my tell, goodness, tell us Caroline, about that. I've never noticed that. <laughs> and apparently I still sound Irish, um, despite having lived in Scotland a very long time now. Um, so, yeah, I think when you talk about... Um, 
you know, when you go back to your values, I mean, I, I think one of the things I found um, growing up in Northern Ireland, um, that a lot of my sense of social justice um, is actually based from that. So, um, you know, when you get past the stage of everything your mum and dad do is wrong, um, which probably <laughs> you and I are living with at the moment uh, in terms of our own kids. Um, but at the same time, when you go back to what those values were and what they were based on, then definitely that's, you know, I feel I benefited and brought that with me. Not that Scotland doesn't have lots of that too, but to some extent, I think that's probably why I've always felt at home yeah. um, uh, uh, on that. But in terms of sense of humour, I can't possibly understand what you're talking about <laughs> as to why that would be relevant coming from Ireland. <laughs> and and listen, what 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 does purposeful leadership mean to you? How, you know, how does it play out? Is is there is there you know, what have you learned along the way as a as a leader yourself? You've you've had a you know a long successful career in in this space, haven't you? Yeah, sort of less of the long, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope to have another period of time in it too. Um, I, I, for me, fundamentally, it's about having clear purpose. Um, if I've got that, then I do believe I can build around that. Um, and let's come back to the people. Uh, but actually, for me, always having the right processes um, and frameworks, it, it's those things that none of us really love. Maybe some people do. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have them, then you actually can't you know, consistently and systematically keep going. So having those in place to me is an important part of the leadership. Um, this discussion's about the right people. And, you know, in our business, um, it's about always making sure that we do have the right people and that it's tough. So where, where it's not right for people that we help them make their decisions um, and, and kind of move on because there'll be other things they're good at. Mm -hmm. um, I think those things are important. For me, the purposeful leadership as well has to be about keeping your energy, your inspiration, and um, and, and ideally creativity, because where does the world go without creativity? So I think there's that real focus on learning, on changing, uh, on moving forward. And um, occasionally I'm known for being impatient. <laughs> I've not no. really understood why, but um, nothing's ever fast enough. And that's a piece that I still can't quite work out if that's a good or a bad bit of the leadership. For me, though, the other important bit is that I don't have to get everything right. Um, I have to retain probably some humility uh, and be able to say, I got that wrong. Or the other really useful thing is I don't know. I don't know how to. Can you help? And those things um, are just so important in, in in team contribution as well. So, yeah, that's that's a quick run around some of the things that are important to me, Caroline. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's so um, refreshing, really, to hear to hear that, Fancha, because I think you and I um, have had you know some chats in the past and I think we can both be described as impatient. Uh, impatient but driven I suppose is is the way that I flip it on its head in terms of a, a positive and it is because you know we, we we just want it to happen now because we're so passionate about what we do um, but I, I love I love the way you're talking about the people the processes and and the learning really and you talked about energy and inspiration so 
who, who inspires you? I mean, who do you who do you learn from? Who's out there now that's doing great stuff in this purposeful leader space? Gosh, um, I'm not very good at individuals. And Karen, you probably already know I'm absolutely no good with um, self-help books um, <laughs> and learning learning from that. Um, but actually, uh, you know, I think one of the things I really found when I came to Blackwood particularly, um, a lot of the inspiration came from some of the people um, who live in our homes, um, get our services, because many of them have, have, you know, disabilities that it would be easy for them not to do things. And actually they've found really creative solutions to kind of make sure that they can live independently. And that that really inspired me to go, well, what more can we help with? What more can we do? Um, so, you know, without sounding cheesy about it, that's been enormously important to keep that focus on, on, the, on the people you're there for, really. I've always found, um, you know, good support within the networks of professional networks um, that have been involved in in housing. Um, while I'm not up for too many self-help books, I do think reading quite widely is a huge help. You and I know that our Vistage network is rich in the people that we, you know, join together with um, and bring lots of unexpected things for us to think about and having that kind of energy um, and, and, and creativity is really, really important. So a pretty wide variety and not all in the usual places, I suppose, is what I would say. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's great. And listen, just while we're thinking about purposeful leadership and people, I suppose, You've got an online community. I didn't. I didn't know about this called Bespoken. It's got over three thousand members. What? What is that? Why? Why did you create that? It was created a few years ago now, and actually, it's just being kind of reviewed and renewed. Um, and the idea was that it would get people working with us to co-design products and services. Um, and so it would be people sharing with each other as well, um, things they'd found to help make their lives better, easier um, or whatever. So it had that kind of variety of motives early on, um, but then developed as a membership network. And it meant that when we developed the idea of the Blackwood House, uh, which is our new standard of accessible housing, it's highly accessible, connected beautiful and affordable um, uh, house for, uh, for, for this century. Um, and as we were developing the ideas for that, and the design guide for that, and the actual developments, then w the bespoken community could link in and join and put in comments on plans and so on. So all of those things became really important in co-design. Um, Caroline, I'm sorry about this, but you can probably hear the cat. <laughs> if Kate's in need. Love it. Love it. I love a blooper. <laughs> P.S. Fancha steps off to let cat out of room. <laughs> Brilliant. This working from home isn't all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I really, I really, Fancha, I love the community. It's something that we're really thinking a lot about creating that community. I suppose it's about 
getting voices heard as well, isn't it? And and that commonality as well, the, the community around um, some common interests and, and how that how that all works, really. Um, Absolutely. I think that it is the shared interest. And, you know, one of the other things that's going to come forward in Scotland um, probably, potentially, in the next couple of years is around a human rights bill um, and actually having ways of people engaged into co-design and participate and be empowered um, will become an even better and bigger part of our culture. So, yeah, yeah, all sorts of ways to do that. No, that's that's it's really smart. And it's it's also, again, what you talked about at the start, which is the customer centric and and you're positive about disabled people. Is that is that a recruitment? process tell us a bit about that um it's really again the kind of benchmarks for showing that you you deliver to a standard and that yeah in terms of recruitment that you know we would want to encourage people with disabilities uh, into work but that uh, the way our processes and so on work uh, that 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 should be right uh, in many ways for for people to feel confident yeah, um, that they can work with us. And 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 fan, finally, Fancha, you know, it's been it's been so great to hear about you, about the work, about the team, about the people. What what are you passionate about outside of Blackwood? Oh goodness, Caroline, you know the answer to that is prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be a P. I love it. <laughs> uh, well, it's a P. You always, yeah, bring up for me, which is awfully good. Uh, no, I think. There's lots of things um, you'll know as well that, um, well, I'm not, I wouldn't describe myself as an athlete. I absolutely love being able to do sport, um, paddle, another P, Spanish tennis for anybody out there. Uh, brilliant. Get into it. Um, so, but actually being outdoors, um, being active um, is hugely important for me and helps my resilience uh, as well as everything else. And and um, and the Prosecco, I think, is I can clearly say here today I never drink it on my own. It's always <laughs> about being social. Um, and that's the piece that um, hopefully, you know, we'll all be able to enjoy even more uh, in the coming months as Scotland uh, eases lockdown uh, responsibly and slightly. Absolutely. I can't I can't wait for it to be to be you and I sharing sharing a bottle of Prosecco Fancha and uh, and putting the world to rights. Listen, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, thanks for taking the time to speak to us. And I'm always in awe of uh, everything that you and your and your team do. And uh, and just just finish, finish this. Caitlin, I've lost my mind today. <laughs> Fancha, I'm always in awe of um, everything that you and, and Blackwood are trying to do. Just, just finally, tell us about what's next for Blackwood. What's, what's coming up? Oh, gosh, uh, we've got lots. Uh, we are involved in an Innovate UK-funded um, development that brings up neighbourhoods for independent living. So in three neighbourhoods across Scotland, and there'll be more uh, on this soon, we're working with local people to establish what is it that gives all of us 
more productive years as we age. So there'll be lots of really interesting things. I'll be able to make sure I bring sport into that too. Um, but all sorts of um, aspects on that, as well as the Blackwood House programme, delighted that we're now able to build, you know, upwards of uh, about 300 to 400 new homes in the Blackwood House and keeping going, as I said, the job around digital inclusion is never done. Um, and keeping going with that, as well as the quality of services that um, we're known for. Um, and that means that people trust us uh, uh, and are confident in what we do. So, yeah, there's lots more on that. Um, and it's about opening up the future on that. And Bancha, I just, you know, wish you every success with that. And I'm sure with you at the helm, it will, it will absolutely be that. Thanks so much. Thank you, Caroline. Thanks. Thanks.